Hello and welcome back to Faith Over Dishonor. I am your host Bradley and if you saw my, or not saw, but listened to my last very short episode that i done, I promised that I would talk about the birth of Jesus Christ on the next episode. And I am finally getting the chance to record and hopefully have this out on Friday the 16th of February. So thank you for tuning in to Faith Over Dishonor. It has been an awesome journey so far in the short amount of time that I have put this together. Uh, I've been doing a lot of stuff with uh, the name on TikTok with talking about the Bible and scripture and stories like that. And so not only is this podcast broadening and coming together for uh, the purpose I'm trying to get it to, but uh, I'm also, you know, trying to just broaden it just a little bit more. You know, I've got the uh, clothes, uh, the, oh my goodness, I'm stuttering, the Christian Faith Apparel Store, which is, you know, uh, everything's still available. It's uh, uh, com slash store slash faith over dishonor. So check it out if you want to. Um, new equipment. I've got it mostly figured out. There's some fun little things that are on this little uh, mixer box here. I can literally add in um cheering and slapping and applauses laughs things like that and i can even change my voice in this so at some point we might just trying to have a, we might try to have a little fun just to just to see where this can take us but uh as of right now this is the biggest test run we're going to do with this new equipment so please bear with me if it seems a little off or not so clear i am still trying to learn with this new mixer it's a g3 um 10 lamp i've never even heard of it but i saw it on amazon so i grabbed it so we will see how this actually turns out so let's go ahead and get started my kids are downstairs so i'm trying to record uh just enough to be able to you know leave a great episode for all of you as well and then you know get back to spending time with my children it's been that kind of week where i haven't had any type of alone time so this is the best I can do this week is kind of sneak it in on a Thursday night before anything happens. Uh, so birth of Jesus, our Lord and savior, um, remarkable story. It has been quite an interesting read as far as I can tell. Uh, I have went through the Bible and looked at the birth of Jesus Christ. And like I it's it's just remarkable on how Mary was chosen out of the billions of people on this world to be the the mother of our Lord and Savior who the one who brought us to salvation and is still bringing us to salvation it's remarkable you know and there's a lot of people out there uh, I have noticed that are saying that Mary was so lucky they, they would love to have been Mary you know to give birth to our Lord and Savior and I start thinking about what she actually went through. She witnessed the the torment that her son uh, was subjected to, and she also got to witness his death. So it's just one of them kind of toss-ups with how lucky. I mean, we know she was lucky. I mean, God chose her over all the people in the world to bear his son. But, you know, I don't think I could have went through with watching my only child becoming crucified by jealous people 
and I don't know that would that probably would have broke me more than anything but you know she she was a tough warrior she was a great mother she protected Jesus for as long as she could until uh, God had to call him home and you know Jesus knew that was going to be his his journey and you know, I mean, Mary had to accept it I mean she knew that her son was going to be the one to bring salvation to the world and I just I can't imagine the hard time she went through that is just something that is beyond me and I hope I hope that and you know I know in the end she is happy she's spent an eternity with her son up in heaven but I hope that when all that happened she still had peace you know with with God and she was a firm believer in God and firm believer in her son so I just hope that no, her heartache wasn't too much. Cause I, I, I can't even imagine. But to get back on track, <laughs> the birth of Jesus Christ. So it starts off mentioning the birth of Jesus in Matthew. Uh, you know, it's the New Testament. It's where the New Testament begins. So we are going to turn to Matthew in the Bible. Give me just one moment here. Like my setup at this desk right now is just a little weird um i gotta figure out proper placement for everything uh, that way i can keep the microphone up close to me and you can actually hear me a little better so the way i'm sitting and the way i'm holding things is just very awkward and for a second i lost my phone because i've got it on silent and just in case somebody calls you know i need to see it i won't be able to hear it uh there we go Okay, so the birth of Jesus, we're going to start with St. Matthew, uh, verse 1 through 8, chapter 1, sorry. Uh, is it chapter 1? Oh, so in chapter 1, it starts off with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It talks about uh, David, Abraham, Jacob, Judas, uh, Perez, Zerah, Tamar, uh, Hezron, Ram, Amen, Adab, Nashin, uh, Salmon. You know, there's a lot um, of lineage when it comes to uh, Jesus' ancestors. But <clears throat> we are going to start with um, the actual mention of Jesus Christ to you know, when the angel visits Joseph. So we are going to... I'm trying to situate myself here. It's very awkward. <laughs> so we are going to start with... Uh, okay, so now I see what I wrote. Uh, my apologies. St. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. That's what I had. I had. I thought it was 1 through 18. I'm like, well, that's not right. But it's chapter 1, verse 18 is where it starts. Uh, the angel appears to Joseph. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. Was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was opposed to Joseph, before they came together, he was found, she was found, I said he, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And 
she shall bring forth a son, and that, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew he nor, and knew her not, I said that backwards, or jumbled together, my apologies, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So it's basically saying that Joseph did not live with her as a man and wife. Now, if you listen to my little snippet um, before, I guess it's episode three, um, I raised the question, how in the world did we get three wise men from the Bible when it does not actually say three wise men? And I looked, it does not actually say three wise men, but I do believe we got three wise men because of the three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So if, you know, if y'all did any research, and you may have found something else besides me, but I know in this Bible, the KJV, it does not say three wise men. It says the wise men. See, uh, pay close, pay attention here. The visit of the wise men. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Of course, we know that Herod was lying. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. Here's three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. So God warned the wise men that Herod was not trying to find Jesus to worship him, that he was going to try and locate Jesus to kill him because he did not want anybody thinking there was any other king besides him. Which later on in the Bible, it it actually says that, so... The flight into Egypt, verse 13. Then we're in chapter 2 now. If I didn't mention that, I'm sorry. Uh, 
And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So he, Herod wasn't asking these wise men to find Jesus to worship him. He was asking them so that way he could kill Jesus and be the only king to be recognized. And was there until and uh, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus was actually in Egypt until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, because they did not come back and tell him where Jesus was, uh, Herod was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time, <coughs> excuse me, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men, killed all the male children because he was making, he was trying to find Jesus Christ and he didn't want to leave any stone unturned basically. So he had every child, every male child, two years and younger murdered in hopes that it would be rid the world of Jesus. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah, the prophet saying in Ramah, was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, which is Joseph, and took the young child and his mother, which was Jesus and Mary, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus, I don't, I'm, I'm, if I butchered that name, I apologize, uh, did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So that is the first story of Jesus uh, being born. See, the the visit from the wise men of Jesus, because Jesus was born in a stable, of course, because there was no room at the end. We know that story. Uh, Mary and Joseph was denied a room at the end because there was no room. Uh, the wise men found Jesus and worshipped him. You know, they presented him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And like I said, I can see how we can, I mean, I believed it for the longest time, how it was just three wise men, three gifts, three people. I understand that, but it does specifically not say three wise men. It says the wise men. And, you know, the Bible says they does not give a specific number. They presented three types of gifts, but it does not say three wise men. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's no harm, of course, in uh, thinking that it was only three wise men. But just for clarification, uh, look into the Bible, see if you can find anywhere that actually says three wise men or it just says they or the wise men. So I want to talk about uh, Joseph was uh, visited by the angel again. To you know, He was visited by the angel multiple times. Uh, he was visited to... Uh, let him know about Mary um, being pregnant and have and Jesus being in her womb, and then he was visited again to flee to Egypt. 
was it flee? Uh, yeah, sorry, flee to Egypt because Herod wanted to kill Jesus. And then, of course, uh, then he was visited again when Herod died. Of course, Joseph was still terrified. Joseph, even though he wasn't Jesus's, I guess you could say, biological father, he was still Jesus's dad. He protected Jesus. He wanted to keep him safe. He knew his duty, his responsibility as a parent, as well as a warrior of God and a servant of God. That right there is father of the stinking year. <laughs> he, Joseph did a great job in protecting Jesus, and he deserves the highest mansion in heaven because without him, Mary probably wouldn't have survived, and Jesus wouldn't have survived. For, you know, and Because the angel... Uh, angel of the Lord went straight to Joseph to tell him what he had to do to keep Jesus alive and to keep Mary alive. So, I mean, Joseph was a special person and I would have, I hope his life was fulfilling. I'm pretty sure he was proud and not the sinful kind of pride. He was proud to be a great father, you know, and I know God took care of him. God's got him in heaven along with Mary and he was a uh, I don't know I would I wish his life would have been recorded more but you know that's just how the story is in the Bible he Joseph is there his main purpose was to protect and guide Jesus up until God was ready to have him do the work that he sent him to earth to do. So thank you, Joseph, for for protecting our Lord and Savior. I appreciate it. So, and one thing that really bothered me was the King Herod. You know, he was he became angry and murdered all those children in Bethlehem. You know, two years old and younger. You know, because the wise men did not return to tell them to tell him that they found Jesus, they know where he's at. He literally went on a massacre, massacre rampage. Um, of course, we have to forgive Herod. Um, we all make mistakes. We all sin. We've all been angry. You know, just remember, God wants us to forgive everybody. Even you know, even all these. People in the Bible that we, uh, when we read, we're just like, man, how they, they deserve to, you know, rot in the underworld, rot in hell, but nobody deserves hell, um, in my opinion. Let me rephrase that. I'm, I don't judge people. <laughs> I'll say it that way. This, this episode seems like I'm going off the rails here. Um. And I apologize if I'm scattered, but different things pop in my head when I read this and there's different teachings that pop in my head as I've been reading for a while now. And like I said, in episode two forgiveness, I, it took me a long time to forgive certain people in my life. And we have to recognize that in order for, Jesus to forgive us we have to forgive our enemies and a lot of us see all these people in the Bible that went against God and went against Christ went against the, went against the innocent uh, 
We all see them as enemies, but we have to forgive our enemies. Jesus Christ forgives us for being an enemy because we all have been enemies to Jesus. We have used his name. We have used the name in vain. We have went against his teachings. We have walked down the wrong path and he forgives us because we, you know, we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior and we have asked for forgiveness. So the only thing we can do with people such as King Herod and, you know, the the Pharisee in Egypt that Moses got his people to escape from and Joseph's brothers that sold him into slavery. We have to pray that they receive forgiveness. That's, that's what we do. We pray for our enemies and we love our enemies. We don't have to like what they do, but we have to love them. So even if this story makes you angry that King Herod, tried to murder Jesus and come after, and he went after all those babies. I mean, there was a lot of babies coast up the coast, two years old and younger. And I know it hurts. It makes you feel some kind of way, but we have to forgive him for what he done because Jesus forgives us for what we do. So take time to think about that. We, we must be the example we're trying to follow. So, <clears throat> now, let's get back to it. Um, uh, so, I was reading, and there was one thing that caught my eye in the notes down in uh, the bottom of my Bible. It's, it talks about the Holy Trinity. And we'll get back to the birth of Jesus, I promise. But, uh, honestly, I never understood what the Holy Trinity was. And, you know, I've, I've heard it. I've you know, I've kind of, I've never really paid attention to what it meant, but, and I did not realize that my Bible actually taught me what it meant. It's weird, right? It sounds weird. I know, but the Holy Trinity, actually, I want, I want to talk about this for a second. The Holy Trinity, you know, it's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now the Father is all the fulfillment promised by God, the Father of Jesus. The Son is all the fulfillment of God manifesting in the flesh. Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. That's the Son. Now the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of God acting upon man to convict them of sin, but to guide man into all truth. Now I understand why people say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praising God, praising Jesus, and praising what they left for us. To get us to be on the right path. To guide us to truth. You know, we we want the Holy Spirit to be in everyone. You know, for them to see the truth, to get their heart broke and fulfilled. So that way they can know Jesus Christ. Like I said, in all the, all the Catholic movies or... You know, little shows that show Catholic Church, they'll say, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay. Um, understand. Understand that now. Like, I, I always knew who the Father was, and I knew the Son. I and mean, that's kind of, that was obvious to me, of course. But the Holy Spirit, was it was kind of a, a toss-up on the true... Uh, definition of the Holy Spirit, but then putting them all together, that's what finally made sense to me, why it's called the Holy Trinity. The Father, which is God who promised 
the fulfillment of all the people. You know, it's the Father of Jesus. The Son, the fulfillment of God manifesting in the flesh, Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And then the Holy Spirit, the fulfillment of God acting upon man to convict them of sin, but to guide them into all truth. So when people say, I pray through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen, it is saying that I give worship to God, I give worship to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to guide me through the truth, the way, and into the light. Because through Jesus, that's how we get the way, the truth, the life. So I finally get it. It it makes sense to me now. (laughs) And that's what I pray for all the time is to... uh, have the knowledge and the understanding of the Bible so that way I can do this better. And I know we started off rocky with this episode. But the more I read, the more I'm slowly understanding. And that's what I've been praying for ever since I started reading the Bible. And, you know, I have read the bits and pieces of the Bible throughout the years. But I truly did not get down to the nitty-gritty, honestly, until around last month. Um, mostly right when, uh, right before I stopped drinking, I guess that was the beginning of my path. And then when I prayed to stop drinking and heard God's voice say, Hey, put the beer down. That's when I really got, I really dove into the word because apparently this, if it's God's will, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And there might be a time where I'm coming to a waiting season where some things may not make sense, but, and I'm trying to understand them myself instead of leaning on God's understanding, leaning on Jesus's understanding, leaning on, you know, their word and their guidance instead of my own. That will probably happen. I'm human. It is a high possibility that I'm going to get stuck somewhere and I'm not going to understand what something is saying or uh, why I'm reading this or why this message is chose to me because... If if you've paid attention, I won't say it that way. Um, if you know my TikTok, it's Faith Over Dishonor. Um, my first little clip that I done was uh, what I like to do sometimes is find a random message from God. Uh, you know, have Jesus point me in the way of a message that I need to know that day. And what I do is I'll randomly open my Bible without looking, and then I'll put my finger on a passage without looking. Right or left side does not matter. And whatever that scripture says, that's the message I have for the day. And in my first little clip on my TikTok for Faith Over Dishonor, I'd have to look at it to know the actual scripture and the name and stuff. I'm pretty sure it was Psalms. Like Psalms seems to always speak to me. But uh, it said, it was basically, the, the gist of it was, do not be ashamed of what you're about to do, basically. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not ashamed of what I'm attempting to accomplish here, you know, with this podcast and with my TikTok and, you know, my Facebook post and my Instagram post. I'm trying to preach the word of God any modern way possible because that's what society pays attention to now is the modern ways of the world. And I don't want to be a child of the world. I want to be, a ch- I'm a child of Jesus. And, Unfortunately, you know, we have to adapt to the world. We don't have to be a servant of the world, but we have to find, sorry, my nose is itching. We have to find ways to get the message out 
the best way we can without going against God's will. And I have learned that social media is one of the most captivating ways to reach people. So that, that's what I use. I'm not a preacher. Uh, there was something that I heard not too long ago. Um, be proud. I think it was on Girls Gone Bible. Great podcast. If you all get a chance, listen to them two awesome women. They do amazing jobs with uh, preaching and trying to share the word of Jesus Christ. It, it's amazing. But uh, they said that we are disciples of Jesus. And I've never classified myself that way. I've always just said I'm a believer in Jesus. I have faith in Jesus. But now that I try and distribute Jesus's word throughout the world, I think of myself as a disciple of Jesus now. I may not be Simon Peter or Thomas, John, James, Thaddeus, Bartholomew, Judas, any of them. But I am Bradley. I am a child of Jesus. I am a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And I am a disciple of Jesus. That's what I consider myself now. And one day, hopefully, I can become a preacher. That would be amazing. I would love that. That is a dream of mine. And if it's in God's will, that is great. If not, then that's perfectly fine. God will want me somewhere else. I, I will not fight that. But it would be amazing to be in a church and in front of a bunch of pews filled with Christian followers or lost souls that are trying to find Jesus and preach the proper word for them to feel a connection. That is a dream of mine, and it would be amazing, as long as it's in God's will. So enough about me. I apologize. Um, so I found out that the birth of Jesus, let's just jump right back into it. The birth of Jesus is actually in two of the books in the gospel, St. Matthew and St. Luke. Flip my, my notebook here. So let's go to Luke real quick. Uh, this actually gets, I'm pretty sure it gets in more depth when it comes to Mary's uh, involvement with the birth of Jesus and uh, the Like, kind of like what came with it. Uh, so, now, before we get completely to the birth of Jesus, I want to get to, let's, where, let me see here. So, this talks, you know, uh, let's see, that stuff is, okay, here we go. The birth of John the Baptist foretold. We'll start right there. Uh, we'll do a little bit of that. So, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah. Of the course of Abijah and his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And Elizabeth comes up again in a little, in a little bit. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of, the, of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. So, 
<clears throat> this is <laughs> this um I did not like if you've ever seen the show The Chosen, great show. Jesus uh talks about how John the Baptist is his cousin. Did not know why I thought maybe it was like a term of of appreciation, respect kind of deal. But in all truthfulness, Elizabeth is Mary's sister. Elizabeth is the one who gives birth to John, John the Baptist. So, yes, that is actually Jesus' cousin. Did not know that. I find a lot of interesting stuff when you read the Bible. But yeah, Elizabeth is John's mother, and John uh, Elizabeth gives birth to John, birth to John the Baptist. Uh, Gabriel actually came to Zechariah. Uh, right here, it's uh, verse 19 in chapter 1 of St. Luke. It says, And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel. Gabriel. What is wrong with me today? I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zechariah, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them, and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of the ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, to take away my repro reproach among men. And then we go right into the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Like I said, I told Elizabeth, I you know, mentioned Elizabeth here because Elizabeth is about to show up again. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in, in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. How awesome would that be? That angel look just shows up and says, you are one of God's favorites. <laughs> that would, I'd, I'd probably cry, have a panic attack, probably fall over and pass out. That, that's just me. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of sal uh, salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now, this right here, pay attention, because it can come across like Mary doesn't believe what Gabriel is saying, but there's a different take to where she it's it's not that she doesn't believe, it's she can't believe, like she's astonished at the thought. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She wasn't doubting faith in God. She was merely wondering how it could happen and you know that's two different things it wasn't like a oh yeah whatever this was a can you 
tell me why or can you tell me how I can do this if you know we all we all know that a man and a woman come together is what makes a child and if I'm not with a man then how can I truly uh, bear a child because this has never happened before uh, Mary is a virgin so it's a what no what no question of faith it was a question of how is this possible because I don't understand type thing if and I hope I actually said that right and anyways and the angel answered and said unto her the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God and behold thy cousin Elizabeth she hath also conceived a son in her old age and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Remember that the rest of your days. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Luke, what chapter is it? Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Remember that. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And now Mary visits Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mom. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zechariah and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told, from, told her from the Lord. Now, I have to be honest. When I was doing the research for this episode, and I read this part of Luke, I didn't quite understand what I was reading. I was like, you know, earlier I said Elizabeth is John's the uh, John's mom. Now, when I was reading this stuff, I, Lord forgive me, I did not, for some odd reason, that didn't click in my head that Elizabeth is John's mom. I don't know why. Maybe I was trying to pay attention to something else, but, and then when I read through, I was like, okay, the baby senses God's presence. That's why it's leaping. Now, what gets me the most that I just realized, and I'm so glad to be on here when this just happened. Thank you, Jesus, for this, because it just filled my heart with such joy. John the Baptist literally sensed Jesus's presence in Mary before he was born and that's and them two together were the the dynamic duo of the Bible of the New Testament holy mother cracker jack I don't know what to say here but that is whoo I don't know why but that filled me with such joy understanding what I just read because I mean John the Baptist was the one preaching about Jesus' coming. 
John the Baptist was the one that baptized Jesus, even though John the Baptist was like, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. And John and Jesus is like, no, you're going to baptize me. And then when Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened up and God appeared as a dove saying, with my son, I am well pleased. This is my son. I am pleased. John the Baptist, before being born, recognized Jesus's presence before Jesus was born. While they were in their mother's wombs, that is, that gave me chills. Wow. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I understood that. I finally understood that. What I pray for to have understanding of the word and that right there, I, I finally understood why the baby in Elizabeth's womb went nuts when Mary walked in the door. That is crazy. See, it's it's all in God's timing. It's all in Jesus' timing. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's all in their timing. I want something now, but it's not time. That if finally, if it's worthy in God's will, they it get it's given to me, and that was just given to me. Oh wow! I am beyond. Mm. That that has filled me with with such joy. Mm. I I, I kind of want to cry now, but we we gotta get through this episode. <sighs> okay, so we're gonna go to verse fifty seven. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered. And she brought forth a son, and her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zechariah after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote saying his name is John and they marveled all and his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed and the and he spake and praised God and fear came on all that dwelt round about them and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea and all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts saying what manner of child shall this be and the hand of the Lord was with them the birth of John the Baptist. <laughs> so we're going to go over to chapter 2, birth of Jesus. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Crinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his opposed wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. And there 
were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And all this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wandered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So, <clears throat> that was the birth of Jesus Christ. He was visited by shepherds, wise men, angels. <laughs> so, and, you know, without Jesus being born, we wouldn't be here. Or this world would just be crap. We would be in a vicious circle of hell, I do believe. Because if Jesus wasn't born, we wouldn't have a Savior. And all the sins that were committed would never have been forgiven. Because there was two different ways. You know, there was a different way in the Old Testament for sins to be forgiven. And now there's a new way. In the old ways, in, in the Old Testament, there was sacrifices with blood. Because blood was the ultimate sacrifice for uh, forgiveness of sin. And now it's just the acceptance of Jesus Christ in your heart and asking him for forgiveness. Frankly, I'd much rather have Jesus Christ in my heart than have to sacrifice an animal. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, it seems a little easier for me to do it that way. And thank you, Jesus, that that's the way we can do it. Now, we went through the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, I just, I have one question to ask. And I want you to um, just take it in consideration. How hard do you think Mary and Joseph contemplated the fate of their sons, of their son Jesus? I mean, honestly, Mary knew what was going to happen to him. Joseph knew. Do you think they prayed for God to spare Jesus? I know Jesus prayed to his father to be spared. Even though they knew what was going to happen, what the fate was, there was no getting away from it. Do you believe that they tried to pray for Jesus to not be sacrificed? For him to not die on the cross? And the reason I ask this question is for the simple fact that I know me personally, if I... You know, it's, it's God's will. It's going to happen if it's in his will. If I know that it's going to be a 
huge trial or it's something that I don't want, I pray for it not to happen. I do. And I, I know if it's in God's will, it's happening. There's no stopping that. But like I said, that's why I, like we as people, as humans, we can't help but try and find a way to keep us out of the lion's den or, you know, the, the jail cell, the, the bondage, the chains, even though a lot of us submit to the chains because the chains seem fun while we're doing it. But do you, how do you think Joseph and Mary truly handled the fact that their son was going to be sacrificed on a cross? Even though they knew it's for all of mankind, so that way they'll have a savior. That way they can turn to God and they'll have Jesus in there, you know, to protect them and guide them. But do you honestly believe that they didn't try to fight it? Because us as people, we try to fight everything we don't agree with. I would have loved for Jesus to, to have not had to go through that torment that pain but Jesus knew he had to in order for me to even be here talking into this microphone to all of you he knew he had to do it you know and Jesus loved us still loves us before we even took our first breath because he knew because I mean he died on the cross for us so that way we could have a breath I know it seems like I'm rambling but because I know I just I really I literally just went from one thing to the other, but it makes you wonder the questions that even the most faithful can possibly have. John the Baptist, while he was in prison, doubted Jesus. He did. He sent his followers to ask him if he is the true, living Son of God, and Jesus sent him back saying, you know, because he healed. The lame healed the blind, had the paralyzed walk, you know, raised the dead. And he he told the those followers, he said, go tell John what you have seen and heard. So John, even John the Baptist had his doubts for, you know, momentarily lapse of judgment. <laughs> and we all get those. So we all want to accept God's will. We all try our best to accept God's will. We try to learn how and why we need to accept God's will. And it is okay to ask questions. It is okay to try to find the answers. You know, you pray about the answers. You know, you ask God if it, if it is in his will to give us the answer. So, you know, no, no Christian is perfect. The only perfect person to ever walk this earth was Jesus Christ. And he will come back someday. And we will be, I hope and pray to Jesus Christ that he grabs my soul and my family's soul and takes us straight to heaven. He says, be with me. You are with me. I see you. That would be fantastic. I would, that is a goal of mine. (laughs) But, so yeah, just honestly think. Think about the questions you want to ask and look to the Bible for answers. But I do believe that is going to be it for today's episode, the birth of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. 
<laughs> the Nazarene, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. I want to thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, looking forward to the next recording. Uh, maybe I won't ramble so much, um, but it's been nice. And I may have someone joining me on some episodes because he has started becoming closer to God as well. Um, he's a great friend of mine. Uh, we do Creator's Dementia podcast together when we actually do do, do that. It's been probably over six months since the episode of that's been released. But we uh, write books together. We have our own stories together. We He's a, he's a great guy, a great Christian. So he's going to probably join me up on here once in a while or full time. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Faith Over Dishonor. I really appreciate it. Um, I hope... I give you some information that you were searching for. If you have any questions, uh, feel free or any comments, feel free to send me a message at faithoverdishonor at gmail.com. Um, I am all ears. Um, I am all for it. This is something I feel that Jesus needs me to do. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, before we go, I'd just like to say a prayer. Uh, so if you don't mind, just bow your heads, say a prayer with me if you want. Uh, that would be great. In Jesus' name, I pray that everyone listening to this episode has a fantastic and glorious day. Uh, I hope that they find the answers that they are looking for. I hope they reach into their Bible and do some research with the Word and understand, and understand the Word that is being presented in front of them. I hope their minds and hearts and ears are open to Jesus' Word. So that way they can be guided down the path that they need to go in order to be closer to Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus, we love you. We love you with our whole hearts. Without you, we are not, <laughs> we do not have peace. We do not know what love is. Uh, you died for us on the cross and we will never be able to repay that debt. But we hope and I pray in your name that we do bring people closer to you. Because people need to know who you are. I pray that the sick and lost come to find you. I pray that this world becomes just more peaceful as time goes on. Because we all know that we are living in a world that is turning backwards. I just want to say I love you Jesus and I love everyone that's listening. I love anyone that's tuned in. I love everybody in this world. Because it is through you that I have discovered what love is and forgiveness. And without you, I would not know what that is. None of us would. I hope Jesus turns his face upon each and every one of you and gives you peace and opens your heart to all of his words. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Because we know forgiveness is hard. But thank you for allowing us to be able to forgive our enemies and love our enemies. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for your kingdom is the power and the glory forever and ever. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you all. I love you all. God bless.
I'm always around if you need me. Take care. Have a good weekend.